Welcome to today's roundtable on incubators, accelerators, and entrepreneurial activity. We held our first call last week and the response was overwhelming. This week we have more than 700 people registered and I wanted to provide a quick update. This morning it was announced that there is a development in the BDC Matching Funds program. This is relevant to activating capital for entrepreneurs and so I wanted to let the angels and the angel-backed companies on the line know that we are in conversation with BDC about the reported matching funds program. Based on these conversations, we're confident that the BDC recognizes the importance of angels in supporting entrepreneurs, and we are looking for ways to incorporate qualifying angel investors into the program while balancing a variety of operational factors. What I think is quite admirable is how quickly the BDC has moved forward with the program. And so speed is of the essence, but of course, we're looking for ways to collaborate on filling gaps at the earliest opportunity. Today is the second installment in a series of conversations on stimulating angel activity, supporting the innovation ecosystem, and ensuring that entrepreneurs have sufficient access to capital to survive the economic effects brought on by the COVID-19 crisis. Today's discussion focuses on incubators and accelerators who play a key role in enabling and supporting entrepreneurial activity. For many small businesses, the early guidance that they receive from these innovation hubs is how entrepreneurs learn the basics of running a company, making vital connections, attracting customers, and scaling up their operations. Incubators and accelerators also introduce the entrepreneurs to mentors and investors. And that's the connection between the angel community and these enablers, champions that support the entrepreneurs. The faster we can develop policies and policy recommendations, the faster government can move on those recommendations, the sooner we can prevent the downside of this economic crisis. Government officials at all levels continue to assess, reassess, and adapt their response to the challenges facing Canadians. Businesses have asked for support in a number of areas, and the government has been exceptionally responsive. Federally, the government has heard from the business community and has designed programs to address those needs. This roundtable will help shape how government continues to respond to particularly the innovation community, which has a great need for support at this critical time. If we don't move quickly, we might be too late. We have a great lineup of champions of Canada's entrepreneurs. Today's conversation will open with special remarks from John Ruffalo, Vice Chair at the Council of Canadian Innovators. John has been a long-standing champion of the angel community and of all things venture capital. He has really been a central piece in driving the innovation ecosystem forward in Canada, and we have so many other champions on this call that will also share their perspectives on the ground and across the country who are working directly with the entrepreneurs. And John is an ideal speaker to deliver special remarks today and set the stage for our discussion. John, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. Great. Well, uh, thank you very much, Claudio, and and thanks for everyone uh, for uh, coming on to this call. Certainly, we are in unprecedented times, and speed is of the essence, particularly where we haven't seen something like this for a very, very long time. There's no particular roadmap. What I thought I would do, Claudio, is for the benefit of the folks on the call here, just kind of lay out a little bit about what's behind a number of these 
policy initiatives and what we were really trying to hope to achieve. And the government response (coughs) has been very well appreciated, but there are certainly still many folks that are that are being left uh, uh, out of the equation here. So, you know, number one, in terms of the guiding principles, and I think that are important when you're thinking through things that can actually help the innovation ecosystem is once we finally recover fully, and when I say recover fully post the ultimate recession that we are likely to have following the recovery of COVID, what do we want Canada's economy to look like? Do we want to maintain the same allocation of private sector jobs versus public sector jobs, or are we interested in a shift? And it's important to think through that because one of the risks that we do have is watching out that our policy doesn't end up in a shift that we end up perhaps with far more public sector jobs than we thought we were having before we entered into this, and whether that's a good result from a Canadian perspective. Number two, and and this is really foundational from the mandate of the uh, Council of Canadian Innovators that Jim Balsley and I had created a few years ago, there were three different policy drivers that we were really focusing in on. One was access to capital. The next level in developing the ecosystem was the access to talent. And the final was the access to clients and markets. And the unusual thing is the access to clients and markets never envisioned the disappearance of the markets for so many companies. And so we're at a challenge on trying to develop policies in order to at least not even develop the market, but stop the market from just obliterating itself. And so one of the mandates that we were really looking to do was whenever you're looking at public policy and really trying to stem the flow of potentially a cascading problem, you really look at the front end of a chain of sequential events that might occur. And so what we had decided to do was zero in on the small and medium-sized businesses. And for purposes of this discussion, say businesses, 200 people and less type businesses. And these are the businesses that has that have the least amount of resources, the least optionality, and are facing the most immediate cash crunch situation. And the idea is, if we could somehow keep these businesses alive and, in essence, freeze the economy the way it looks like right now, and the way to freeze it is by keeping people employed by those companies, then we have a chance to recover, you know, perhaps not in a V-shaped recovery, but maybe even a U-shaped recovery. And if we don't do that and instead rely upon employment insurance or an equivalent type of program to that, then all we're doing is is supporting folks that have already decided or that have already been decided to no longer be employed. And we believe 
it would for sure move the recovery into a J curve and probably a very elong, elongated J curve. So we started driving upon a strategy to not only keep the SMEs afloat, but the condition of receiving any sort of proceeds is to keep your employees there, number one. Number two, the psychological impact of people that are being laid off or furloughed are very different from being paid still as an employee, even if in both cases you receive the exact same amount of money. The spending that you do as a consumer is different if you feel that you still have a job versus one that you are receiving employment insurance and you hope you still have a job, number one. Number two, what we're already witnessing is a number of creative CEOs that are trying to pivot their revenues and their businesses because they actually have people on staff that they can actually experiment with. And the idea behind the, the, the program was support these SMEs on a broad basis, do it as fast as possible and identify the easiest distribution channel that can actually adjudicate requests and uh, requests for capital and, and have some level of screening, but not loan adjudication screening. This is why we had recommended that the financial institutions become the distribution channel to solve all of these various issues, provided that the loans that they were providing to all SMEs did not go through an adjud- a loan adjudication process and were all government backed. Now what we have with the government response, and I, I do credit the government for responding as quick as they could, the wage subsidy program that that they've responded with is a decent response for a number of industries in the SME sector. And based on my discussions with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, their guess is maybe 50% of their constituents would qualify for this. The Council of Canadian Innovators have determined that the wage subsidy probably is going to help maybe about 25% of their uh, businesses. We're still trying to nail what that number might be. But the big businesses that are being uh, left out right now are all pre-revenue companies. A lot of the SaaS companies are being left out only because the revenue declines are not showing up yet. And the real issue is the actual criteria. If you look at some other countries like Denmark, UK, there actually is no criteria because a lot of their criteria and the impacts don't show up for a few quarters. So we're continuing to engage and hopefully tweak the programs. Failing that, we are looking for some targeted programs to help directly support the innovation sector to at least 
support a majority of the of of the companies in the innovation sector aside from the wage subsidy program and the the $40,000 loan program there are a number of very good programs that are being bandied about including getting advanced shred payments or advanced IRAP payments you've just heard the BEC VC matching program and you know, my understanding is it should apply to not just VCs, but I haven't seen the details yet. There's other ideas uh, that are being bandied about. Ian Klugman, who's coming on, him and I had worked on an angel tax credit program. It was mirrored after the BC program. We, you know, we can't think of a better time to re-engage on, on a program like that. And there's a number of other ideas. And for those of you who are not otherwise on it, the Council of Canadian Innovators does have a Slack channel that's available to members and non-members. And everyone is putting on not only all of the ideas, and there's a whole bunch of resources there, but they're just sharing with each other you know, the issues that they're going through and ideas for, for government policy. So long story short, this is a time that's unusual. I've only focused in on the public policy options on here, but government support is only one part of the equation. Uh, 